What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. All right, you guys. Today, I am bringing on Eric Bigger to the podcast, and I am really excited to have him on as a guest. Maybe you recognize his name. He was a contestant on The Bachelorette. He was on Rachel Lindsay's season. He was also on Bachelor in Paradise. And most recently, you can find him on MTV's newest show, Match Me If You Can. But that's not exactly why I have him on the show. So he has dedicated his life to mindset, to motivation, to inspiration. And if you follow him on Instagram, he's at Eric Bigger, E-R-I-C-B-I-G-G-E-R. And you can always find motivational content and inspirational content on his page where he's just dancing around and having a good time and being goofy. And that's why I love this guy. Uh, I met him for the first time at the, there was a summit that we went to uh, for Under Armour in Baltimore. And we connected and I was like, man, this guy is just so cool. And he's got such an interesting perspective about life and about gratitude and about mindset and about how to show up in the world as your most authentic self, which is, you know, the root, I feel like, of every episode is how can we show up in the world as our most authentic selves? Because it's something that we're all trying to do. We're trying to peel back our layers and and just be who we are in a world that sometimes makes it hard for us to be who we are. So we talk about mindset stuff, obviously. We talk about fitness as it pertains to mindset. We talk about his book, actually, that he has. And different mindsets that you can try on that he talks about in the book. And of course we get into towards the end of the podcast about, you know, his time on the bachelor and how that changed his life and his perspective on, on love and everything in the world. So it's going to be a good one. I'm excited for you to listen. And uh, thanks for being here, by the way. All right, let's do this. What is up? We have Eric Bigger in the house. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on today. You know, I think that there's, for the people out in the world who do know you, there's probably a lot of, you know, people would say that I maybe have you on this show today because of, you know, the fact that you were on The Bachelorette or other shows that you were on. But for me, like you're a big mindset guy. And that's what I think is the most cool about you. And I love following your Instagram and I love all the positivity that you put out into the world. And I love your viewpoints and I love how you inspire and motivate people from your social platforms. So that's really the biggest reason why I felt compelled to have you on today. So that's the kind of stuff I want to dig into. And and we can also talk about the other stuff too, but that's really what I'm most pumped about. Hey, well, thank you for having me. Um, I feel good about this interview for some reason. Very best self. (laughs) That's a great name. But on top of that, you know, uh, we're bigger than what our platform gives us, right? We're more than just our name and our background and what we created. And so everything starts with things. I always say it's not what's on you. It's what's inside you that makes a difference. So 
I'm happy to be here and I'm um, looking forward to see what can we discuss today? What can we talk about? <laughs> Life infinite, is upon us. <laughs> right. Infinite possibilities, infinite possibilities, yeah. all the things we can talk about. Um, yeah. So one of the things I guess we'll lead off with is, I don't know if you know this, but I, I got this. Oh, For those of you who cannot wow. see right now, this is Eric wrote uh, this entire journal out that basically is a four phase model of how to reset your life. Um, I know a lot of people know this. It's not really new acknowledged, but you know, you can build a new habit in 21 days. And so this this is a 28 day reset. Yes. So I want you to kind of talk about this journal, what's in here um, and you know, what inspired you to create it. It's called change your mindset, change your energy, change your life. Yes. Transformation. So the original intention or idea came from we're in a sunken place, right? It was a pandemic. Everybody was at home. We were sitting, we were trying to internalize um, life and what's next, what do we want? And a good friend of mine um, from the bachelor world, Chris Randone, we would, you know, talk, you know, every day throughout the pandemic FaceTime. And he's like, man, you know, let's create something. I'm like, let's create something. I was like, he's like, what does that look like? What do you think? And so we got on the Google doc and we just started putting out ideas and words and phrases and statements and, you know, three months go by, we have a book, right? And so in that process, I've always wanted to write a book. Uh, I wrote a few quote books in the past, but this book was different because I'm like, what information do people need to transform their life? So I was like, I can only relate to my own experiences. So I was like, what do I do every day? What is my day-to-day? What's on auto- autopilot? What do I believe in? What do I know works? So we put it in a book. Um, we consolidated it and we made it simple and unique. And it's, it works. <laughs> I do it every day. Yeah. I was, you know, I do it every morning. Part of the stuff that's in the book, anywhere from like cold showers, gratitude statements, affirmations, uh, deep meditation, prayer, um, asking empowering questions. So that's where it all came from. It came from a place of, I wanted to give to help people evolve and become their best self. (laughs) That was the original intention, honestly. (laughs) That's what I want out of life for myself, but also for others, because as people, we always give our power up. Well, that's a corporation and they have a big name. They have a big follow. And it's like, yeah, but so do you. You have the power within you to create whatever you want. But you have to believe it to eventually know that it's true. And um, I I think for most of us, we get sidetracked by distractions of the world, the media, social media, uh, friends, family members, peers. We never look inside and say, okay, what, what what do I want? Of course, you want a career, you want to make money, you want to fall in love. But those are kind of general. What are the details of my best self? What are my core values? What am I passionate about? What makes me happy? What makes me smile? Sometimes you got to ask yourself, what makes me sad? So you can get to know who you are. And once you discover who you are, 
it's a lot easier to get what you want and deserve. So everything. I could not agree more with that. You know, so that's really what it was. And now we're here. (laughs) Almost a year later, the book came out in July of last year. So thank you. Yeah, well, congratulations. Almost. Yes, that's amazing. And I could not agree more because something that I say often in my soul cycle classes is that we don't have to have all of the answers. We just have to start to ask ourselves the right questions. And so those questions that you just mentioned was just a a quick laundry list of questions that we can ask ourselves. Right. But they were so like sometimes they're very simple. The questions we ask ourselves, you know, it's very, very simple, but they can lead you to a really beautiful place to understanding the bigger picture. And, you know, I think it's also true what you said about distractions. You know, so often we shy away from who we are at our core. We shy away from all of the the things that make us who we are because we're afraid sometimes to be who we are. And being who we are is scary. And so it's actually not like you said, around us, it is within us, but it's buried sometimes so far down and we have to peel back the layers. We have to allow ourselves to be who we are, to show up authentically, to ask the right questions and beneath the doubt, beneath the fear, beneath all of those other layers lies at the core who we actually are and what we really want in this world. And so we just have to be courageous enough to, to peel back those layers and ask those questions. So I totally agree with that. Yeah, you know, it's big answers come from simple questions. There you go. Big results come from simple changes, simple habits. <laughs> it's not rocket science, but we we make it that way because we it makes sense to make excuses to not to do it. So we manipulate ourselves to believe a lie about something we're afraid to fail in or to do to know that's going to change our life. We know, we all know what we should do. We know we should go to dinner. We know we should get up early. We know we should take a cycle class. <laughs> we know we should show up for ourselves. We know we should stand up for ourselves. We know what we know, but we go against it because we are, are afraid of the unknown. Isn't that mm-hmm. crazy? that's crazy so it's really simple like people what do you want you already have it but you're afraid to acknowledge it because they're going to make you responsible for it and that's Uh, where the fear comes in responsibility 100 percent. and in the first uh kind of chapter if you will or first phase you know you talk about you write about uh growth mindset versus a fixed mindset so I kind of yeah. wanted you to speak on that because uh, you and I are both big mindset people. Yeah. And I'm just a big believer that like, you know, it all happens in here. And I always relate it back to sports because I'm obsessed with athletes. And I always go back to like, you know, the goats, the, the the greatest of all time, you know, the athletes who are just like the best at what they do. And I can't help but always go back to that place because I'm like, it's not just athletic ability. It is your mindset, your approach to everything that changes everything. So, you know, for anybody who's trying to succeed at anything in life, what is a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset? And how can someone identify, you know, which category they're falling into and how to stop that and 
step into the, I don't want to say the right way because there's no yeah. right way to do anything. So, <laughs> you know, there's several different interpretations of what a growth mindset is versus a fixed mindset. But from a substantial general space, a growth mindset is a mindset that consists of you're willing to grow, you want to grow, and you're able to grow based on the information and feedback you get from your trials and tribulations, your setbacks, adversity. So there's a book called Mindset that uh, I can't remember the author, but she talks about test taking. So one of the stories she speaks on is the growth mindset kid um, does the test and fails, right? And then so based on that failure, the kid says, you know what? That's all right. If I just study longer and harder and get my rest, I'll pass the next test. That's the growth mindset, right? It's taking the feedback to add value to see how he can or she can improve. The fixed mindset individuals takes the test, fails the test. The fixed mindset says, I just knew I'm not as great as I thought I was. Or This class is hard. I'll never get a good grade. It's more like pessimism versus optimism, right? <laughs> a, a pessimistic mindset versus optimism. So the fixed mindset individual just believes things are just the way they are. Oh, you live over here, or you grew up there, or easy for you to say because look at you. And it's like, no, not easy for me to say because I put in work. So it's basically, it's all about changing your perspective on how you're looking at a situation. So growth mind, you know, the general quote from Dr. Wayne Dyer says, we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a growth mindset individual, I'm going to say to myself, okay, you know, this was hard. This was challenging, but you know what? I'm going to get better. I'm improved. And I'm willing to get any constructive criticism to make me a better athlete, entertainer, person I can be. However, fixed mindset individual says, like I said before, what they do is they give in. They give in to the fear. They give in to the failure. They give in to not being enough. They give in to the doubts and just the negative thinking. And they just give up. They quit. And it's not because they want to. Here's the fascinating thing. It's because they've been programmed to. You can have a fixed and growth mindset in anything. Relationships, feedback, money, food, opportunity. You know, you might have the greatest athlete in the world that has a phenomenal growth mindset, but in relationships, he has a fixed mindset, right? right? There you go. <laughs> so it, it, it goes anywhere in the spectrum of life. It doesn't just be like, because you have a growth mindset, you're going to be successful. Like we all have, you know, places where we're not as successful and we have insecurity. So it's just being more growth mindset, more willing to grow, learn and evolve and learn from your mistakes. Um, your lessons are your blessings. And you can keep progressing. Keep but that's progressing. basically what it is. And I want people to get, because I used to have a fixed mindset. Oh, no, that, that doesn't make sense. You know, because it's easy to have a fixed mindset when you don't have the information to understand what you don't understand. Because you're missing information. So you're only looking at it from one lens. Oh, yeah, that's so cycle. That's not a real workout. Okay, have you taken a class? No, but it's, they just want bikes, right? Right. 
So that means I'm not willing to take the class to really see the experience of what it can do for my body. I'm just judging from what I see and not what I know. Right. You know, judging so big and not from what we know. And that's that's the that's the the word right there. Yeah, I mean that's everything. even social media. One. Even social media, people go off what they see and not what they know. Like, oh yeah, you right. see this post, you see this, but I'm I'm doing my interview at 8 a.m. in the morning. This is my life. I'm gonna go run yeah. right after this. Yes, you are. So, because I'm willing to grow. It's understanding the difference between do we have limited potential or do we have infinite potential? And we can choose to build whichever category we want. You can choose all of the reasons why you can do something, or you can choose all of the reasons why you can't do something. And that's really what it boils down to. And like you said, it's like in every area of our lives, whether it's relationships, friendships, uh, career, whatever success that we're looking for, it's deciding that you can or deciding that you can't. And it's like, I always say too, I'm like, we're detectives and you can build your case, right? So you can build a case <laughs> against yeah. yourself or for yourself. <laughs> like, like, I don't know, who are you trying to support here? Who is it? You know, because we're building cases every single day, probably all day long in our own favor or against ourselves. Cause we do that. We get in our heads, we get in our own way. And, you know, I'm the same way. I definitely, there was a certain time in my life. I feel like where I was very much like in my own head and in my own way. And I still, to this day, will float back to those feelings and those emotions and being like, you know, where you tell yourself you're not good enough and you build the case against yourself, right? But you gotta, you gotta reel it back in. You gotta come back. You gotta, you know, take like pause for a second. And what I like to say is you gotta zoom out over top of the situation and be like, okay, 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 okay. So like, I've just told myself why I can't do something. What like, let's flip the script. Why can I do something? Why am yeah. I good enough? Why am I qualified to be in the room, right? So those are the kind of conversations that we have to have with ourselves. And that's what makes all of the difference in everything that we do. Tell yourself why you're qualified. Tell yourself why you are qualified. I'm gonna say it one more time. Tell yourself why you are qualified. <laughs> yeah. Qualify yourself. Or qualify yourself, yes. yes. Exactly that. You know, you mentioned that you're going to go on a run after this. And I know that you do some fitness challenges that you run from time to time. Um, yeah. And they get pretty popular and people follow and, you know, you cheer people on. But I know you got a mindset aspect to the fitness yeah. challenges that you run as well. So so what's that like? If somebody signs up for a fitness challenge with you, like, what yeah. is that like? What is the mindset piece that goes along with it? Because a lot of trainers, well, I, I think that's the piece. I think that's the golden nugget. Like a lot yeah. of people are missing and I've always felt like, those two things are one and the same and that's like yeah. how I've always taught fitness in my world is like my like we're going to the gym and like if you're in my soul cycle class or, or wherever you are with me like we're going to talk about fitness and we're going to talk about mindset because those are the same thing to me but yeah. I like to see how you bring that perspective yeah in. I mean I always say this anybody can teach you how to do some exercises how to move your body how to do something. My nephew at seven years old can tell you to do 10 push-ups and 10 burpees and 10 squats, right? The difference is, is like when it comes to the mindset, for me, it's all about psychology, right? Uh, motivational fitness. Where do my thoughts come from? How do I feel about myself? Who's creating this reality? Uh, where's this narrative coming from that I'm not good enough, that I can't lose the weight, or I can't gain muscle, or I'm not as good at you? Who's telling you that? So I force 
or get people to look at their thoughts, to the thoughts in the mind. Where are your thoughts coming from? Why? And how do you change them? How do you shift your paradigm on yourself? So it's all about, I, you know, and like a lot of my boot camps or fitness challenges, it's about incantations. I like to do incantations. The incantations is nothing but like saying, like I, I, some of my incantations are, I love myself, right? So I would say, repeat after me. I love, I love, I love myself. I love myself. I will, I will, I will win. I will win, right? So by me doing this over and over before I start my class on the middle of class, right? I'm, I'm, I'm hitting a part of your nerve of your mind is getting you to like, yeah, yeah, I love myself. Yeah, I will win. I'm great at what I do. Yeah, boom. Now you're in a, now I'm got you in a high emotional state. Now I'm tapping into like that frequency of like, yeah, you feel great? Yeah, I feel good. Okay. Dude, you just got to be kind of hype. You just got to right, be hype you know? just now. I was like, yeah, I love yeah. myself. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm getting you to talk to your spirit, right? I'm getting you to talk to your soul. I'm getting you to talk because our bodies are what, 70% water? So if you saw the, the water, um, uh, texting where they put um, a name on like a bottle of water and you had you have it right. You had love and you had hate. If you come back, hate the water is darker weeks later, and the water that has love on it, the name is clear because words have frequency form, right? It's a vibration. So that's why I say life and death is in the power of the tongue. So we have to be aware of what we say and how we say it and the intentions we put behind it. But so I'm constantly saying, I love myself. I love myself. And I know what love means to me. I love feels great, right? Now I'm, I'm getting you to a whole different frequency. You don't even just know. You just did 100 push-ups. You did 100 squats. You did 100 burpees. But I broke down a session because we did 10 sets of 10, but you don't even know you did 100, right? So right. it's tapping into the mind and getting the body to do what it needs to do by telling the mind. Because the, the body's going to follow the mind. So if I'm always getting into a high emotional state uh, that is fulfilling, that feels good, and um, that you feel charged and you feel powerful, there's nothing you cannot do. So I use stuff like that, incantation, I'm talking to you, I'm asking questions, and I'm getting you to think about yourself. A question, do you love yourself? What are you grateful for? What do you have? Like before I do some of my like sessions with people, like I, I call it motivational fitness when I do these camps. I um I asked like a few questions in the beginning. Like, what do you love about yourself? What makes you happy? Then I go, what are you afraid of? Coming here today, did you feel intimidated? And then throughout the workout, right, I might stop and say, how many people came here today felt intimidated? And I was like, why? Well, because you're a trainer and I know you're fit and I thought you were going to hurt me. And I was like, but why though? I don't know. I said, because your perception of me. You put a perception that wasn't true. I said, because look at you, you're sweating, you're in shape, and you're working out, right? They start sounding like, yes. I was like, right. But you created that narrative based on your perception. That wasn't true, but you believed it. But the outcome is different because it's not what you thought it was. There's, that's a really true statement, too, because I think what most people don't think about is there's a big difference between facts and feelings. And that's great. It's great that you said that because I got into a debate with a good friend about believing and knowing two different frequencies. Yeah. And yeah. he, and I was like, what are you talking about? Cause I was just like, I was challenging. I'm like, okay, I, okay, that sounds good. Explain it. And so basically when we believe something, you have to be it, right? But if you look at the word belief, there lies a lie. L-I-E is in it, right? Mm. A belief can potentially be a lie. But most times when you know something, 
You just know it. You don't even know how. Like, I know, I just know it's something about you that's phenomenal. You don't, you don't even question it. There's a different frequency that comes with that. You said feelings and facts, and you had belief and no. Right? And then you have people say, I just want to have hope. But then there's a difference between hope and faith. And so I told mm. my dad the other day, we were talking, he's like, yeah, you know, people just need more hope. I said, yeah, dad, but it's not about hope. It's about knowing. That that's what the faith should do for you. Faith shouldn't give you hope. Faith should give you knowing. I know we're going to be good. When I was coming up, I've been in LA 11 years, and I was going through my hardships and challenges and adversity. People would say, you always give to people, but what about you? I'm like, I'm going to be good. And he's like, how? I just know. How do you know? I just know I'm going to be good. Regardless, I'm going to be good. And then I was always good because I knew, right? And so that's the difference between. Yeah. Yeah, that's the difference between believing and knowing, I know if you come to my class, I'm going to inspire you, going to motivate you, you're going to feel good. How? Just show up. I'll show you. I don't have to believe it. I know it. I read your post the other day about uh, how you moved to LA 11 years ago and you had a thousand bucks in your pocket, right? Yeah. Uh, I cannot, you know, nobody likes a one upper, but I can one up you on that. Yeah. There was a time when I, when I, so I saved a lot when I first moved to LA. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, there, we talked about that. Um, for five and a half years. And when I first moved Why out there, me? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right. Had to, had to come back to the East coast. This is, oh, well actually less listeners don't know that we're both from Maryland. So, <laughs> but I had to yeah. come back. My heart and my soul was here. Um, but anyways, you know, for me, when I moved out to LA, like I had had enough saved up. Right. However, I remember I went through the soul cycle training once out in LA Right. And I didn't fail, but like, they were like, it was a shortened program. It was only three weeks. And they were like, so you did. Okay. And a lot of the listeners, you know, probably know this story already. They're like, you did well, like, we'll get you on the schedule. We'll give you two or three classes a week. Like, you know, and then based on writer feedback, you know, we'll get you some more classes. And this was like, I'm like, okay, so y'all are not jazzed about me. Like y'all are not really feeling confident about me. And then they were like, or you could come out to LA or sorry, New York and do the full training program, which is two months long, and repeat training. Yeah. Now, that was offered to three of us. Yeah. I'm the only one who took that. They were like, and I remember I got on the Zoom call and I was like, so I know I can do it. I can get on the schedule. I can crush it. I can do these two, three classes. I'm going to get great feedback. I was like, but I'm going to humble myself. I was like, and I'm going to come out to New York and I'm going to do it again. And I remember the shocked look on their faces. They were like, we didn't think anybody was going to take that, that, that offer. And so I did, I went to New York and I showed up at training and on the first day, everybody was, you know, introducing themselves and saying where they're from and, you know, what their little soul story was. And, and I remember in a room full of people, it was like 35 trainees. I was like, Hey, I'm Victoria Brown. And this is my second time doing this. And I'm here, you know, again. So like, let's go, Yeah. you know? And so in what it took, for me to do that was paying rent in Los Angeles and New York city at the same time while doing these two trainings where I wasn't really, I had no money coming in. I think we got paid like nine bucks an hour. I don't even know what it was. It was basically nothing. Like the the paychecks almost came out after taxes, like negative. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this moment, right? There's this moment and I get back to LA after the training and I just taught like my first class. And you know the Chipotle on Sunset Boulevard? Yeah. 
So I pull into the parking lot. I'm about to get myself some Chipotle because I just taught class. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me check my bank account real quick. Okay. I pull it up $52. Yeah. So I put the car in reverse real quick and went home and had myself a tuna fish sandwich. Yeah. That's the sacrifice sometimes. Right. And it's like, you know, I read your post where you're like, yeah, I moved to LA and I had a thousand bucks in my pocket. Now I'm talking to a guy who, you know, breathes inspiration into people all day, every day. And what people don't know, 750 of that went to my first apartment. It it was like 300 was like the deposit and like 450 was the first month rent. So I was stripped for cash, you know, Yep. you know, like, and so listen, when you take chances, you advance. That's it. You got to take the chance to advance. So you took the chance to go to New York and look at your life. Oh, you know, yeah, was... I took the chance to come to LA and I looked at my life. I said, so people see the now, but y'all didn't see the then. When I was doing Uber, when one Christmas, the 25, I had $13 in my name and I had someone who wanted to come visit me, but because I lived in the one bedroom with a roommate, they had their family come in. I couldn't even invite this person and I didn't have nowhere to take them. I will never forget that moment. And then years later, I met the person and, you know, she was like, you know what? I'm proud of you because I remember that moment. But look what you did, you know, you turned So did your life change when you got on The Bachelorette or was it before that? Well, my life was always changing, like not good, but yes, you know, I, I mean, so like many different trials, but like, yeah, my life. Well, absolutely. I know, but of course it, like, it changed. It, yeah. It took seven years, though. I didn't get that opportunity for seven years in L.A. And so when I went on a show and I was gone for 10 weeks, and I returned, my life changed because everything just felt different. I was in a different space mentally. I had a, went through a metamorphosis of the experience and it changed me in ways that made me understand more of who I am, where I come from and what I always wanted. And then you just, you just embrace it, you endure it, and then you understand it. And you're like, okay, well, I've, I've been pushing out content, motivational content for years. When I got off the show, I had 3,600 posts. I posted a quote or video every day. When I come home, my boy who became my manager said, bro, we got to delete all this. I probably deleted about 3,500. I probably had like 100 posts left. <laughs> yeah. Real talk. Like, I had to really start over from scratch. And I had wow. to get comfortable taking photos of myself. I was never comfortable taking photos of myself. I never was into like... I just never was like, I never seen myself the way people see me now. It was just all about people. I'll put a camera on me if I'm passionate about something that's going to help you. But like mm-hmm. taking photos, doing red carpet events and going to movie premieres. And I was so uncomfortable. You had to, I had to internalize what my life was. So yes, my life did change. Who I was to people change. How people felt about me changed. So then you put yourself in a different mindset and understand like, okay, I have this platform. I have these opportunities. What am I going to do with it? And what's my purpose? And that's when questions came into place for me. And then I started going down, like, I don't want people to just know me for having a face and a name off of a reality show. That's not who I am. I'm way bigger than that. You know, I have books, uh, podcasts, you know, I'm, I'm intellectually sound. I, you know, I can speak, I'm confident. And so I made, it, I made a decision to say, you know what? I'm going to show people who I am opposed to tell them. And I started getting into like mental health and, um, you know, mental health space and, you know, doing charity work. And just really just because the sad thing about 
having fame or having a status or being a, a likable person or people know you for something, right? Is that all the cool stuff or all the meaningful things, they only come to you when you're somebody or considered a somebody, which sucks. Like I've learned mm-hmm. about suicide. I've done three to four suicide prevention walks. I'm like, why didn't I been know about this? Mental Health Awareness Month is in the month of May. Mm-hmm. Um, um, depression, anxiety, words, not to say, all of this stuff I was a part of, all because I had a platform. I'm like, yo, that sucks because more people should know about these things. Yes, because you have a platform. But I, I also think for anybody listening, it's important to recognize like you don't need the platform. If you want right. to be involved in any of those things right. or whatever it is that you want to do, you, you, you just start doing it, right? Yeah. You just start doing it. And I think that's a, a really important note. I mean, I get what you're saying as far as like, you know, different opportunities show up on your doorstep once more people are following. Yeah. But I just remember from so long ago when I was like, okay, I want to be a fitness influencer or I want to be a motivational you know, speaker, which sounds so yeah. corny to me. I always think that sounds corny, but yeah. uh, it was like, I don't need somebody else to tell me I can do that or say, right. approve me to do that. I'm just going to start showing up as that. And right. then the opportunities come as well. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing. And that's what I was really getting to is that not that you can do whatever you want, but the awareness of things that's out there, like the things that were coming to me, I didn't even know about. I'm like, this is a thing. You don't even know what you don't know, but it is like, you get a platform now, you get all this new information and access, which I think is, is tough because everybody should know about suicide prevention law. Everybody should know about mental health, but they don't because it's not on their radar based on the life they might live or they're not aware of. Now, some people do because they have family members involved. So it started making me think like you get, you get free clothes and I'm just like, yo, this is crazy how you get this and you get that. You know, and I understand it, but it's not what it's about. It's really about who are you? I always go back to like, who am I? Who are you? Like that, none of that stuff means anything if you don't know yourself. Because it's just I stuff. completely agree. It's just stuff. It's just things. And you have to grow within yourself. And you have to know, how do I become my best self? What is my best self? What does that look like? And what do I want from me? I was just on a call and um, uh, a young lady said her coach tells her about the win formula what's important now i was like wow i like that win i like that what's important now important now and that's what that's like navy seals have the three foot rule so they you know say what can you control within three feet of where you are and that's certainly that's like more you know a combat thing i think obviously but i take that when i heard that i was like oh i'm gonna apply that to my life you know, anxiety is defined by taking your present moment and putting it in the future where what could happen, what might happen, but definitely not what has actually happened. And that's the definition of what anxiety is and where it comes from. So what can you control within a three foot radius of you? Focus on that, put your energy there. And that's, you know, if it's good enough for a Navy SEAL, it's probably good enough for me (laughs) and anybody out there listening. Like you said, in the beginning of the, of, of the talk, you said, so every belief, everything's in the mind. And it is. Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins said, depression comes from uh, of us focusing on thyself, right? The ego. He's got out. So you focus on, oh, I can't pay the rent. 
I can't make this payment or I can't do this. Okay, it's all about I, 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 I. But when you focus on service, right? When you focus on giving, then there's no way to be depressed because your focus is outer, you know, not internal about what you can't do, what you can't come up with. And when I was going through my struggles, what saved me was helping people, not receiving from people. Because it, it forced yeah. me not to think about the struggles I'm dealing with or what's not really happening. But when I can just like, I'm going to just help, I'm going to help, I'm going to help, I'm going to help, I'm going to help. And I still was denying my truth, but I didn't, I didn't live in that sunken place where I would feel the moment could have made me feel if I really internalized, yeah. oh my God, I don't have money for rent. Oh my God, how am I going to eat today? Right. And I just keep thinking about it instead of saying, you know what, how can I help? I'm going to, I'm going to go help this person become better for them. So I would shoot a video on, but the whole time shooting these videos, I'm really hurting inside. <laughs> but it got me out of that space and it gave me somewhere to put that energy. So what you put out always comes back tenfold. So I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I want to ask just a couple more questions before I uh-huh. let you get back to your day. Um, yeah. But, you know, I saw on the internet, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but that they had put your name out there to potentially be the next bachelor. And ultimately Matt James ended up taking that position. Did you feel let down by that slash? Is there anything, did you, I'm assuming you watch the season. I shouldn't assume things, but I'm assuming you watch the season. Is there anything I watch, you would have done? I watch, I watch parts of it, but here's the thing. I'm never disappointed by outside sources. <clears throat> I'm never disappointed by people. Because no one can disappoint me but myself, right? Because now I'm living, because if you're disappointing me, that means I'm living with an expectation of you. And I don't have expectations. I have appreciation. So for me, people don't understand, I was on my show 2017. So I already was in that Bachelor talk because I was the first, you know, African-American to make it the furthest on the show. I made it to the final location. And then after me was Michael Johnson, you know, because I think he was more in the running to be the first black bachelor after my season than I was. Right. So I think it was kind of between Matt James and Michael. Uh, For me, here's the thing. It didn't bother me. I think he was the right guy for the job. And I think he caters to that audience more so than I do based on his upbringing. Right. So if you know the audience, it's a predominantly, you know, Caucasian audience, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in predominantly Black environment, right? So my perspective of being Black is going to be different than his. So I think where people that come from his background, like his mom's like, dad is Black. The only only difference is, is like, the crazy thing about it is people who live in suburban areas where there's predominantly white folks that are Black, they deal with more racism than an average black guy that grows up in the inner city with more black people. It's so weird that it, it's, it, but it's the truth because in my environment, there was nothing to make me feel like, oh, it's racist, racist, or, but forget the racist part. What I think happened to Matt and with a lot of other people that live or come from that world, when they get on a stage like that, they try to live or try to present or try to represent people that come from my background. And that's fine but you can't relate to my background. So it's never going to work for you. So you can only cater to what you know and grew up in. So, you know, the Black Lives Matter, like all that stuff is great, but what people got to understand, everybody that's Black or African-American, they do not live the same life. They do not have the same beliefs. 
They do not have the same experiences. So right. people want to put that in a box. Person. You can't yeah. fuck one person and just say, this is everyone's experience. Yeah. And, and this one like person, this one person is going to speak for an entire yeah. group of people. And that's right. the perception and that's the energy they put on these people. And I think it was tough for him. He did, I, I, I liked his season for him only because it takes a confident um, person to do, because you've got to think he's never been on a show. So he has no experience. So how do you expect someone who's never been on a show, who's never had the opportunity to experience anything of a dating of that type of, you know, capacity to show up and just be this phenomenal person. I think he wasn't, but you know what I mean? He's never had the experience of being within that realm of reality TV, dating someone on camera. And yet he was the lead. He was the person who was in control of the choices. So that's even harder. So he killed it. He did it. Like people, it's so easy for people to judge. You don't listen. Dating on TV is exhausting. And it is emotionally draining because it's like, oh, okay. So I like her today, but she's giving me, and I don't know, I've never been in his position. So he has something, he's done something I've never done. So I, 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 you know, shout out to Matt James. Congratulations, brother. You did it your way. It was uncomfortable. It was challenging, but you did it. So only you did it on a big stage with no experience. That's what I'm more happy for, more than anything. And the stuff that was going on in the world at the time. That's a lot too. Yeah, I think you did a great job too. I'm, yeah. I'm, I know Matt pretty well. And yeah. he is such a good guy with a good yeah. heart. And I think that shined through. But I just love your point about one person giving the experience for this giant, large group of people. So yeah. it's like, it can't be a one-off like come on bachelor nation yeah. like you can't just do it once and be like okay we did it yeah you know yeah and so it's that's what and, i feel and, like and is and the important people, thing moving forward yeah that and also i always try to tell my people I say stop getting so upset about not having diversity on a show that wasn't catered to black people like this like this right if i had a predominantly black show and my numbers are great and we're doing well I don't really owe other backgrounds and cultures and diversity that privilege to be on my show if I don't want to. It's business at the end of the day. However, if you're going to have a diverse production, diverse uh, cast, then yes, you got to kind of, you got to switch things up and kind of get to know what's going on. So I always looked at it from, look, being on that show changed my life. How would I ever talk down on them? I understand the gist of it. It's business. It's easy to take it personal because it's reality. But at the end of the day, the numbers, it's all about the numbers. And it's, it's sad to say, but that's what it is. And, you know, it got political when they did, they made those changes, which I get. I mean, it, that's like protocol, right? Why wouldn't you do that if you had the opportunity? They're smart. They know what they're doing. They've been doing this for years. They've been around almost 20 years, maybe more. So it's a machine. It runs itself. They're not crazy. They know what's up. So at the end of the day, anybody can be upset. They can be mad. Doesn't matter. The show is still going to go on. So The show uh, must go on. 
I get it. So I, I understand it. It's a lot of deeper things that's going on within the world to really care so much about, you know, a show having certain things, which I respect, but it's like, come on. It's people really out here homeless that looking for fools, people who really can't take it. So for me, and I think from my perspective, being a bachelor, what helped that world understand what it's like to live in my reality and my world, um, but also give them a different side of what it's like. Because you don't know what you don't know. You can only perceive based on what people give you. But I think I think he did a great job. I'm proud of him. Congratulations and everything. But it's like, bro, you did it. And, and if I was saying like, you did it, it don't matter what people think. Because people are always going to think and have their opinion. Who cares? A year from now, two years, three years, people are going to forget about it. So yeah, that's kind of the way life goes. Well, um, yeah. So my final question to you today is, what is the greatest piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? The greatest piece of advice I would give to my younger self would be just trust the process is going to work. That's it. It's going to work. Just trust the process. Because I think at times in my life, I lack patience and I was very anxious about things and I had a scarcity mindset and lived in fear because I worried so much. But when you trust the process, it will work. Not that it's going to work. It will work. And right, because that's that process. knowing. Yeah, it's that knowing, and it comes with patience and just being, stop trying to control everything, right? Because I feel like when we're in fear, we want to control, control, control. Like, when you try to control things, those things control you. And when you yeah, let go of control, go. people give you control. It's crazy, but less is more, and uh, yeah, trust the process, it's going to work out. That's it. Love it. Thank you so much for being on today. You were awesome. Uh, so many things to share. And uh, I think I thank you for being on today. Thanks for having me. You're amazing. I love your energy. I'm looking forward to you touching down again in LA. And maybe you get another class. Want to get another class? I haven't been to Soul right. Cycle in a long time. Maybe since <laughs> I was taking your class. But uh, yeah, thanks again. Continue to win. Uh, progress equals happiness. And uh, just shine that light like always. And uh, you're doing it and I love it. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. I told you guys that this episode was going to be a good one. Eric Bigger, you guys, right? Such a deep conversation going over so many just food for thought moments, really. So many big takeaways. I think I was really feeling so related to the conversation about having a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset and how we can choose which one we're going to align ourselves with, right? Is it going to be that optimistic outlook on life or the pessimistic outlook on life? And I think that's just like something that we can all relate to because we all find ourselves at different points and different places in our lives where we are falling into that fixed mindset. And it's about pivoting. It's about changing the narrative. It's about telling ourselves that we can and then watching ourselves do it, which is something I say over and over again. Tell yourself you can and then watch yourself do it. And the last thing that I loved was big answers come from simple questions. 
big answers come from simple questions. So don't be afraid to ask yourself, what is it that you want, right? Ask yourself those simple, small questions for the big answers. And that is what I will leave you with today. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. You know the drill. I would so appreciate it if you would please leave us five stars and leave a review. Definitely comment. That would be awesome and much, much appreciated. Uh, That's how we keep this thing going. And that's how we keep this thing growing. So share it with someone you love today. Thanks again for listening. And I will see you next week.